What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Yee Yee Podcast. My name is Parker Smith, filling in for Hayden as host of the Yee Yee Podcast this week. Hayden has a girlfriend. And I'm filling in for you. And we see his true priorities. You're, You're filling Hayden, in for I'm me. Parker. Yes. Thanks for joining me, Parker. Um, I'm joined here today by the Yee Yee Cornhole League <laughs> slash the Yee Yee Dove Hunter Committee, Tyler, Matt, who... This is your first time on the podcast. First time. And this is Stu's second time on the podcast. You're a veteran. I am. Welcome back. How could we forget that <laughs> beautiful mustache? I don't even know how anybody can hear you through that mustache uh, microphone. It, it just basically filters out all the all the bad vibes. Tyler <laughs> Tyler had an interesting point before we started rolling. He said, What is your plan with that mustache? Yeah. And uh, there's no plan. And I also asked a dumb question. I said, does it continue to grow? Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like ever since I've known you, it's been that same length. Well, you got to maintain it. You know, if I don't maintain it, then you I trim it. Oh, yeah, I trim it. I trim it weekly. And if I don't trim it, usually my wife is the first one to tell me that I need to do something with it. So are, uh, what, Wyatt Earp. So what is Wyatt Earp? That, if that's the goal, how much more do you have to go? Well, it's pretty much unattainable because that mustache is so great in that movie. Um, uh, tombstone is what I'm referencing. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just trying to shoot, shoot for it. So every day I'm you have to wax it. it. Have you waxed it before? Yeah, this is, this is waxed right now. So nice. You know, what's kind of ironic about it is it's like the manliest thing ever, but you really have to do a bunch that. of what? There he is. is that wider? Yeah, that's the man. See, it's, it's beautiful. I do have to say he, if you could get it like that, what year was that movie? Can you put that in there somewhere? I, I, I can't remember. Brian can put it. We're just tossing phones <laughs> over here. <laughs> but like, you have to groom it in a very feminine way, almost. Like, you have to spend more time thinking about your face <laughs> and grooming with a mustache. Yeah, it takes it. It takes me about twenty to twenty-five minutes to wow. to trim it because I I trim off like sixteen inches or sixteen sixteenth of an inch at a time mm. and you know you, you know once you once you take it off oh, um, milk <laughs> yeah where's the milk where's the milk <laughs> if we had our matt's apple watch just went off if we had our usual ritual going on the first phone to go off has to drink a liter of milk and oh. the, which is another topic we can talk about because matt is no stranger to milk did I he no tell stranger. you how much he drinks every day of milk no three gallons a week three gallons per three week gallons per week what does that come out to per day oh, yeah. Well, it depends. One, one of the fans. I thought you did the gallon the fans a day. Do the do the um, <laughs> the go mad challenge is what it's called. The gallon of milk a day. <laughs> go mad. Why are you Why are you like basing it per week? Are you trying to get three gallons? Per well, that's week? just what we go to the store. Like we go to the store every Sunday. So by two percent or two percent all the way. That's just what your household goes through. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, me and my wife. I mean, she uses it for cereal, but I'm mostly just drinking it per meal. Dude, I wonder what would happen to your body if you just cut that out because dairy's not great for the bo body right it's no. inflammatory it's, and yeah. yeah but you just love it yeah i mean i don't drink a lot of hey, man, soft no drinks, shame. So it's just water and milk that was my always my alternative as a kid if i i couldn't have any sodas but i could have milk with my dinner yeah. and that was when got milk that whole like marketing campaign was just super popular yeah. in america and they had all the athletes with the little milk mustache <laughs> yeah that was a good segue for <laughs> yeah, your mustache, that is actually. A good segue. but 
I feel like that was all a big lie. Growing up, mom and dad, like, that's just what we did. We had a glass of milk, I, I guess, because of the strong bones and vitamin D and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. But yeah. They did good marketing with it, and it worked. And obviously, it's still working with Matt's household. I mean, I feel healthy. <laughs> <laughs> you got strong. Have you broken any bones or fractured any bones recently? Freshman year in high school was the last time I broke a bone. Mm -hmm. But I was definitely wasn't drinking three gallons of milk a week. There you go. That's the secret. That's probably why. Matt. You are a shipper for Yee Apparel. You've been with us for how long now? Going on a month. A month now. A month. Feels like a lifetime. It does. It, it goes does by longer than that. It yeah. goes by fast. Definitely. Well, I work with them both. Fire and yeah. Like yeah. It. You came in and fit right in with because you knew Stu right beforehand. You guys knew each other how? Through, uh, yeah, through fire. Through fire. Yeah. Through fire. Yeah. And Matt, you were in the army before being a firefighter right correct yes I was, what were you doing in the army i was a 88 mike which is a motor transport operator a truck driver i was in there for three years 19 weeks was my contract and i was all at fort hood what years 2014 through 2017 okay how old are you 29 okay um so how long have you been a firefighter so i've been a firefighter for going on three and a half so i took a year break 2017 2018 i was going to school doing prereqs for nursing and i always want to be a firefighter I did some volunteer work back home I'm originally from louisville kentucky so I did some volunteer work there um always had the bug like the itch to always want to be a firefighter but it never worked out and then i joined the army and the opportunity came up for city of temple to test took the test and got lucky enough to be hired so you guys are at the same what do you call it station or, or firehouse what do you call it uh, we're different stations. Different we're calling stations, stations yeah. in, in uh, Temple. But um, yeah, we're different stations, but same shift. We have three shifts, A, B, and C, and we're both on C shift. I actually had, I actually wanted to ask you guys, because firefighters, it's it's like so well known, but I feel like it's very misunderstood and people don't understand what y'all actually do on a daily basis. Could you tell me what is something, what is I'm trying to think. There's a lot of young men out there that would love to become a firefighter. What would you say is something that people don't know about your roles that you would tell like your younger self before you joined or something or like something to be aware of? I'll let you take that one. <laughs> I could re I could also rephrase it and say, what's the worst part? What's your, not worst, but what's your least favorite like part? Surprising that they didn't know going in. Yeah. I just feel like, <clears throat> like, and I'm sure you know that too with the military. It's right. like when, when you're going to the army, you have like certain expectations of what it's going to be like versus what it actually is. And it's not better or worse. It's just different than like what you thought it was going to be. Like when people imagine a firefighter, they imagine like you're running into burning buildings like every day <clears throat> when you're there. Well, I mean, I did my research prior, prior to, you know, signing up for this. And, um, I think the amount of EMS calls that we run, um, over running fire calls, because I mean, each city is different and there's some cities, you know, they run fires every, every day, every week, something like that. For us, you know, we run a fire per department in our department, maybe once a month because our fire marshals are doing a great job, um, you know, keeping those arsonists um, off the streets. But uh, I think if I was to tell my younger self or before pre-hire um, that there would be, you know, just there's a lot of EMS calls and there's a lot of um, 
there's a lot of people that that still need help but it's not necessarily like 911 worthy as far as in my eyes but you know in someone else's eyes who's who's hopeless and they they don't have the help that you know everyone else does where they where they're only people and i got to constantly remind myself of that um you know because you know we we run on a lot of EMS calls i mean it's 93% i would say wow. EMS and like lift assist and stuff like that and you know then we have our traffic accidents and fires you know the yeah. the, the bigger things but yeah i, I would Assi- prepare myself what do you mean more. assisting like like you get a call lift- there's an EMS calls you guys says yeah. hey we got this accident or this whatever and you guys go and meet them at the scene and assist them in like what way so <clears throat> there there's different types of calls so we have fire calls we have um you know our ems calls and we have like public service calls like uh, public service for instance would be like um say uh, elder elderly person fell and they just needed help up they have no one no one there you know a lot of times we, uh, there's a there's a certain um, lady in our district she's 99 years old she lives by herself she's independent but sometimes she she takes a tumble she's not hurt we just help her up get her to where she needs to be she's doing good deeds man. yeah that's, yeah. Like that's the, basically that's it the small town superheroes yeah big towns too but temple's yeah. smaller town yeah it's all it's self, selfless services correct me if i'm wrong but um y- you know firefighters in my mind like having you guys here are such cool dudes like we all get along good friends now and y'all just fit right into our culture really well and what we do here at yee is this just is this an anomaly did we just luck out and getting like cool like but even like jonathan and keaton and some of the other guys it's just good dudes trustworthy loyal gets gets the job anything that needs to be done gets done like no issues plus just good friends we hunt together here at the farm is it an anomaly or like is the whole station just good dudes is it just firefighters just good people or i would say that's safe to say yeah most firefighters are pretty good people they're all they're putting them someone else's needs before their own Mm -hmm. yeah um along with that um i think that you know we do a pretty good job as far as like, um, we have a probationary period, a one year probationary period when, when you're first hired on. And we can tell a lot from that from that first year if someone's gonna hack it or not. And um, we do a pretty good job of weeding out, you know, and, and that's a big deal in the fire department because, you know, we're, we're spending a third of our life with these other guys that we're stationed with because I mean, it's yeah. 24 hour shifts uh, 24 on 48 off and you know it's a third of our life so we want to make sure that who we're getting is is who we want there and you know if if they're not hacking it we tell them yeah. and usually um usually they come around and they you know they just fall into place and um they they work out most of the time like any well-run business yeah yeah exactly yeah there's like a social dynamic to it where it's like if you're if you're at a station and you've been established there for a couple years like you've you're surrounded by other like-minded guys who are responsible who are disciplined who are selfless and you're either going to fit in with that and mold into it or over time 
you're just not going to mesh and you're going to get weeded out, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why we're such a good fit here, uh, too. Um, I mean, I'm saying that one sided. I don't know how y'all feel. But, um, <laughs> I, told, I already told you how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I came here, um, it, it was, you know, it, it felt like, you know, I just fit right in. And like now y'all are just an extension of my my family. Like, yeah. um, you know, I just really enjoy coming coming here. Um, you know, I'm looking forward forward to whenever I do come to work and, you know, putting in some work, um, getting getting uh, people orders and mm-hmm. making sure they're right and helping helping the other shippers out out there and doing what they need to do. One so. of my favorite parts about this business in this organization is and I'm sure you feel the same way is able to provide an awesome you know an awesome um, atmosphere for to, to provide for people and their families like I take great pride in that we're able to to run this business create this revenue take that revenue and just invest back into the people here in this company in this business and the flexibility is cool too. You know, yeah. there's no pressure from you guys. It's like, hey, if y'all want to come in, yeah. you know, make some extra money, help pay the bills, and and put food on the table for your families and stuff like that. I just love that part of the business. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, super grateful, super grateful yeah. to be working. Likewise, here. appreciate y'all. It's turning into a bromance. <laughs> episode. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is helpful, especially with you guys being part-time we have a lot of full-time people as well but when you're part-time you guys have like these other priorities and you have other things that you need to do and you get to come in you kind of pick and choose your hours so that when you're here it's like intentional like this is the time that i allotted like for work rather than being like a nine to five and you just kind of get caught up in this like just grind and uh like walking in brainwashed you know mm-hmm. yeah um Okay, so I was going to bring up, I was trying to find earlier, I was trying to find this uh, forest fire video that is all over TikTok right now that is insane with this wall of fire coming at these dudes in this fire truck. And there's like traffic in front of them. There's when they take off. Yeah, I saw that. A it's there's ago. it's not like traffic. They're literally like driving over brush in the mountains in this like four by four. It must be like a special edition fire yeah. truck or something yeah, that's yeah. made for those forest fires. And he's like, go, go, go. He's like, what's the, what's this guy doing? We got to go. And the fire's like getting, it's like just this, it looks like hell is just engulfing them. And then there's another truck in front of them that's not going and you can like hear the radio. And I just thought of you guys and, and eventually they get over it and they're like going over trees to get out and then they barely make it out. And he's like, thank God. What is it? Are, are those forest fire guys? Are they? Are they different? Is it it's a different type of training, right? Versus like uh, industrial. How does that work? Did you all ever consider going to forest fires? It's extra training, uh, wildland training to go to. We have a task force at our department where there's guys that have been going to classes, and they have to meet certain requirements off a checklist through grass fires or other small brush fires that we may get around town that they have to go and have a booklet checked off on. Is that different ter- territory wise? Like obviously the Pacific Northwest is like completely different. The forest, the Rocky yeah. mountains in Texas, is there still a force that does that for grass fires? Like you said, or it's more mesquite yeah. that we have to worry about really. Um, there's um, like you said, we, we have our task force um, and that task force can get deployed to the Northwest or California or wherever. 
um, because they'll send out, you know, hey, we need so-and-so, and they'll send out to different regions all over the nation. And um, our particular area will be like, yep, and you have, to be, you have to be ready to go. You have to have a go bag, and you have to have everything set for two seven, weeks. Like, it's um, two weeks worth of food supply. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I think it's the first 48 or 72 hours. You need yeah. to be, like, completely independent, like, have food, have clothes, ready to go to whether you're, because you're going to be sleeping out, out in the um, brush and because you're, that's where you're going to be working, all your gears on the truck, everything. Yeah. So you have to be ready to go. Um, I just went to a Wildland One firefighter training. And, you know, it's it's as basic as it gets. You know, we're digging fire lines, um, you know, just basic, basic stuff like how to attack wildland fire. And, um, you know, fire, dude, fire is so scary. Like for the people that don't really know, you guys obviously know more than anybody. But in my personal experience, we sometimes at the ranch will clear cedars, right? Mm -hmm. Put them into a big, big pile big brush pile and they can get pretty big depending on how many cedars you get and then you burn it and i can't tell you how many times parker's been with me my dad has been with me where we have to call you know you call them before and say hey i'm going to be burning some piles if the yeah. neighbors see smoke so they know oh so-and-so's burning tyler's burning but but also just to kind of have them on just to let them know that, hey, if something gets out of hand, I might be calling you back. And I've had to do that four or five times, man, just because you start, you light one fire, you try to, there's so many things that I learn every time, you know, make make the, um, the uh, fire, uh, break. fire break around the brush pile. But you can't just mow it. You know, yeah. you need to plow that yeah. thing too. You need to get to dirt because that grass will just lay on top yeah. and then that's just It'll kindling. So you gotta, right you gotta do all these things early in the morning. Uh, make sure you're checking the humidity. Make sure that the, obviously the wind is the biggest thing. And do man, you actually do that now? Yeah, every time. And, but, <laughs> you, but you actually every do. Every time you have to. Yeah. And, and I tell people that, like, listen, do not mess with this. Yeah. Like, it will get out of hand, and it's the scariest thing. It's easier to underestimate. It's it. You did it with me probably a year or two ago, and we, you get one pile going. Like, you get a little confident. You go do the other one. The wind's right. You go do the other one, and then you get like four, five, six, seven. And then you look back. And that first one you lit is getting out of control. Yeah. So you and me run back with shovels, start banging the ground, you know, and like, okay, we got that one. Then you look back at the third one you lit, and that one's going. You remember yeah, that day? Yeah, it was terrible. And then it gets to the point where you're like, do I call, do I call, do I call? And then I've had to call four or five times, and they're yeah. like, what do you – I feel like when they get there, like, what are you idiots doing? You know, I feel so stupid. But I'm like, hey, man, I'd rather look like an idiot and get this thing under control than – Yeah, it's better to call and not need them than call. Yeah. Calling and it's too late. Or yeah. not calling, it's too late. Yeah, absolutely. I remember calling – we're uh, in a small town near Waco, and so a lot of the – they all of those firefighters are volunteer. And so I remember calling when I was by myself at the ranch one time it's funny how many times we've had to do this because it's it's just so hard to have a successful controlled brush pile it really is even when the weather's perfect but when the weather by yourself is is red flag number one yeah the I'll, more people you have the better it is i don't think i'll do it by myself again dad used to do it and just like 14 like was his record like one time you know what he would do though is he would wait he would wait until it was literally drizzling all day and it had we've had rain 
like the week leading up to that and it's like literally pouring outside but it's so hard to light them then that's the <laughs> yeah, thing that sucks go through a lot is of you have diesel. to go through so much diesel well, now you know a couple it. of guys that can yeah. come help out so yeah <laughs> i remember one that got out of control and the uh the firefighters came and then he was talking to me afterwards and he goes i just sat down for supper because <laughs> he, he, he was a volunteer uh and i felt so bad they got to get a rush though you guys when you get a call yeah. I would think like, all right, let's yeah. do this. this. Is what this is what I'm? It's definitely an adrenaline rush. Not all calls you you get adrenaline rush from, but most of them you get get a little. And you're the hero. Go put it out. Yeah, we like to think of ourselves as heroes sometimes. Yeah, I think we're all kind I'm of the idiot calling you guys. Calling heroes. <laughs> I was t- I was talking to my uh, my firefighter that uh, I was working with yesterday. I was you know we were cutting up a car just for training, and you know. Um, just gets you going and i was i was telling him you know we got to be a little bit of adrenaline junkies to yeah to do stuff like this yeah. you know because you know I, I was putting them in scenarios like you got you know you got you have somebody in the front seat right here you know their their legs all busted up and you can't put it you can't put a tool here how are you going to do this and i mean it's just different ways of looking at things and and everything so i think you know i i, I like the fact that you know in the fire service that we get to think for ourselves and you know and i like the fact that you know when i'm in those high pressure situations i i feel like i can slow down time almost and like clear my clear my head and see things a lot clearer um uh, in that moment before you know things really start getting hectic what's like the hierarchy in the department is there like a a chief like a crew chief or whatever you'll call them and then is it everybody else underneath him or is there different levels or what so you have the chief of the department this is for us city of temple we have and he doesn't probably doesn't go on calls it depends he sometimes he'll go on calls if he's nearby a call or sees an incident happen he'll radio in and say hey we got can you create an incident for me at so and such address um so we have the chief of the department an assistant chief and then we have battalion chiefs for each three shifts and then it trickles down to station captains drivers and firefighters and what's y'all's title firefighter uh, firefighter yeah firefighter the true heroes <laughs> you know what a lot of people don't think about is like when i think of firefighter i just immediately think of fires but then if you think of like really bad car accidents too where it's like you got to go in you got to like cut up like cut up a car mm-hmm. right that's you guys too right yeah yeah that's something that you don't think about a lot is you're also just like it's so much more than just fire yeah we're a jack of Joe. all trades and master of none yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah have you ever had to use the uh, or gotten to use the jaws of life? Oh yeah, deal? yeah, yeah. That well, just we, like we did a training on this past Sunday. We yeah. were outside all day long. That's all we were training on was vehicle extrication, just different ways to get someone pinned out of a car, different ways to break doors off. It was a good training. I mean, roll dashes. One thing uh, about our job through trunks, all that good stuff. Is that we're it's a constant training job. You can never learn too much about our job. Yeah, it's always something new. Hey, did you ever um, figure out if we can do that CPR thing here and get the necessary? I know we can do training it here. tools to get it. I know we can do it here. Um, I I'll, all I need to do is get the materials and y'all. y'all let just, us know if there's expenses with that and. Y'all set a date and um, I'll I'll figure out all the logistics of it and uh, we can get it going. Cool. I, I'd like to get everyone trained here. Is there a certain time of year where y'all are getting more calls, or is it not really? Maybe when it's I feel I feel like around holidays, 
like Labor Day, um, Fourth of July type stuff, you know, when people are out off of work, that sort of thing. There's, there's a lot more calls then. Um, calls went up during COVID, obviously, and a lot of people um, calling for, you know, that sort of thing. But I wouldn't say, I'd say it's pretty consistent. Yeah. I mean, you'll have, we have our days where we only get a couple calls and our days where we're running nonstop. So there's, I would say there's not really a certain time frame of where we get more. Yeah. So what is that like when you're not getting calls? What does your day look like? Working out there? So Monday. Always on call, but but just hanging Matt's out. That's always working out. Cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> like, so Monday through Friday, are, it's basically just like your normal nine to five job. We have tasks that we have to get done around the station. We have trainings that we go through. Um, weekends are a little bit more laid back. Constantly trying to train at least two hours a day on something that we haven't had our hands on in a while. We have new guys out. Train like certain um, calls or accidents, potential. Or we'll stuff pick that a piece happen. of equipment off our off our apparatus and that we maybe haven't haven't seen in a while or haven't put hands on in a while, and just gotcha. run through it, make sure we still know how to use it. It's always. I feel like our job is always what if, you know, what if this scenario happens? How are we going to handle this? Do we know how to properly execute without? A bunch of hiccups or people not knowing what to do mm-hmm. yeah. it's all about you know being cohesive and showing up on scene and acting acting like we've we've done this you know a thousand times a lot before. of trust is probably really big oh, with absolutely. You guys. Yes. absolutely yes knowing that hey this guy right next to me you know better know what he's doing mm-hmm. yeah because yes. our our lives depend on <clears throat> my life depend depends on on uh, matt and and the vice same, versa and vice yeah. versa so mm-hmm. i mean uh we're both part of the special operations team in um temple which uh we do high angle rescues um big uh, vehicle extrications uh structural collapse uh swift water um hazmat. and hazmat we're all trained up and and all that stuff so it's important that we you know like you said getting getting our hands on tools and making sure that we know what we're doing and the new guys coming in that they know what we need for those, for those incidents. Mm-hmm. So love it. Well, thank you guys for what you do and for all the first responders out there listening as well. We appreciate y'all. I'll wrap it up here. Thank you guys for listening and join us next week. In the podcast. See ya. Bye.